From serving locally to serving others around the world, one person's story of living missionally is coming up next on this episode of Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, and I'm your host for the Here at Home podcast. And joining me on today's podcast is Mr. Gary Goforth. Welcome, Gary. So glad to have you. Great to be here today, Mark. Yeah, is this the first time you've ever been on a podcast? I believe it is. All right. I like making history with people, so great. This would be a hopefully a fond memory that you will, will uh, cherish dearly for the rest of your life. Maybe I'm overstating that a little bit, but hopefully it'll be a good time. I know it will be. We'll enjoy having a conversation. Now, I, I've known you for quite a while and know um, a little bit about your background, but I'm sure there's folks that are listening that go, Gary, go forth. Who is this guy? Tell us a little bit about you. Let's start with your family. Tell us a little bit about your family. Well, Mark, uh, Kathy, my wife, and I have been here at uh, in Fort Myers and at McGregor uh, since 2012. Uh, we've got three children. Um, our oldest, Jonathan, uh, is married to Amy, uh, has two children. Uh, they live over in Cocoa, Florida, on the mm. East Coast. Yep. And so uh, when we moved to Florida, they were already in, in Florida, and so we knew we'd be getting closer to them. And our two grandchildren there, Charlie and and, uh, um, and Emma. Hmm. And Shout out to the grandkids, yeah. All right. our, our middle son, uh, Michael, uh, lives in Clinton, South Carolina. He's in the Army there and uh, married uh, as well. And he's got two wonderful children as well. More grandkids, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we've got four grandchildren all together. So uh, very, very fortunate to have Christina and Paul there, and they get to visit Florida a good bit. Mm. But uh, Michael's in the Army, and he'll be retiring from that in about three years. Oh, wow. So he's doing well. And then our daughter, Sarah, uh, lives up in North Carolina. Uh, She teaches chemistry at Campbell University. Oh, okay. So she's not married yet, doesn't have children, but uh, we are blessed to have three wonderful children. And Kathy and I have enjoyed living here in Fort Myers for the last 10 years now. Yeah, that's wonderful. 10 years. Wow, it's gone by fast, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, and how long have you been married? So I got married in 77, so I think that's, uh, we're almost 45 years. Doing the, yeah, on one of those, uh, coming up on a five-year increment here. Yeah. All right. Congratulations. Next one, next big one, 50. Yes. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about your roles here at the church, but I think it would be important now to uh, let folks know what got you down to Fort Myers 10 years ago. All right. So maybe share a little bit about how you ended up here at Fort, in Fort Myers. Right. Well, I'm a physician and I've been involved for many years in medical education. And so I was hired uh, to come down and start a family medicine residency program by Florida State College of Medicine and Lee Health uh, here in Fort Myers. So that was the first residency program here in this area, right? It was, yeah, the very first one. And so I had thought we would retire in South Carolina because I I had been involved in a residency program there for about 18 years and uh, got the call that they really wanted me to come down and start this new program here. And so it was an exciting time for us. So that's what got you here to Fort Myers. Now, at that time, you didn't think you were going to necessarily stay 10 years, probably much less than more than like maybe even five years. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd actually told Lee Health and Florida State that I wanted to stay about five or six years, get the program fully developed, and then go back to South Carolina. Yeah. 
And so we just fell in love with this area, though, and McGregor was a big part of that. Mm. We just loved the church and our life group, and it, we made a decision, we're not going back, we're yeah. going to stay here. That's awesome. Now, you uh, pretty quickly got involved at the church. I mean, y'all joined pretty quickly after you came to the area here and got involved. Share with our uh, folks listening some of the things that you've been involved as in a leadership type role or serving role here at McGregor. Right. Well, we've, we've done a number of things. I've been a deacon now for, I think, I think I'm on my second term now, so mm -hmm. about five years as a deacon. Very much enjoyed that. Had the opportunity to serve as a chairman for this past year, but we've mm -hmm. really enjoyed that ministry. It was just uh, it was great for me. And mm -hmm. uh, we've been involved in the uh, Fishers of Men Life Group, and I've served as a co-teacher there. We've got four of us that teach that class regularly, right. and it's just been a been a wonderful class. Yeah. And of course, as a physician, I've been involved in the medical response team. So. Mm -hmm. People often see me on the back row where the yeah. medical people uh, sit. It's very comforting to see you. So, yes. No, okay, if anything happens, we've got Dr. Gary here. Take care yeah, of us. We've, we've treated a lot of people here and <laughs> <laughs> called EMS several times. So, I'm so sure. That's, that's been a fun role for me. And, uh, I've been involved, Wade Harmon, and I've uh, been involved in the visitation mm, uh, ministry. Right. And I've gone out on Wednesday nights and visited many people. Mm. Uh, that have been to the church in the past. And of course, I went with you uh, several years ago to Guatemala yep. on a medical mission trip. Yeah. And so that was that was a great role as well. And so yeah. I've probably done some other things, but that's the ones that come Those are the highlights, yes. yeah. Now, Kathy also has been very involved, your wife. Uh, share, share a couple of things that she you know, has a passion for and that she serves in here. Right. Well, Kathy, actually, one of the reasons we found McGregor, uh, she was looking at websites, and she's loved church drama hmm. for years. And so she saw when we came here that you were involved in the pageant, and that's really the reason we visited here first, because she hmm. thought that would be fun to be a part of. And so yeah. for the last several years, she's been involved in the Eastern Christmas productions, and she's on the tech team now and puts hmm. the slides up on the screen. <laughs> They got her involved in BBS this year with uh, some drama, too, Right. Didn't they? Yes. She loves drama, and so mm -hmm. any chance she gets to do that, do that. She She's going to jump at it. That's awesome. Right. She's wonderful. I really appreciate your wife very Thank much. Thank you. Now, at the time of this recording, you are in the process of being recommended by the elders to our church congregation as a potential new elder to serve here at McGregor. Now... I thought this would be a good time to ask you this question. Share with me your own calling, your own desire to serve as an elder here at McGregor. Well, Mark, it's, uh, it's been several months now since I was initially approached about considering serving as an elder, and so I have done a lot of prayer. Mm. Uh, I think this really started back in the fall and uh, praying about uh, you know if God would have me serve in that role. Uh, we've come to love this church very much. It's a part of our lives now. It's mm. the reason we stayed in Fort Myers primarily. Right. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, service as a deacon, and but I just feel like at this point in my life that God is calling me to do that. Mm. Um, I see us as being more and more involved in the church and being involved in uh, recognizing those that want to join this church and being a part of shepherding this flock. And mm. so I. 
I have prayed about it for a number of months now and feel that God is calling me at this time to serve as an elder. What are you? What would you say would be some of the things over your, your entire life history of serving in the church that have perhaps been preparing you for a role like this? Well, I think I've, I've been involved in the church for many years and many roles. I've served as a deacon uh, really since I was did my residency training in uh, Tripler Medical Center in Hawaii. Uh, mm. I first served there as a deacon at First Baptist Church, Pearl Harbor. Oh, wow. And uh, many of the roles in many of the previous churches, the deacons served in a very similar role to what elders mm. serve here. And so I've, I've certainly seen that side of of church administration. Right. And I've enjoyed that. Um, I have come here just to really respect our elder body. Uh, the men that make that group up are just outstanding people. They, they make great decisions on behalf of mm. the church. And, uh, and, and you know, I just feel honored to even be considered mm. to serve with such a body. So. Well, we are in the midst of uh, asking our, our church family to, uh, to be praying for you and for our church and this decision, because ultimately this is the elders recommend, but the congregation is the is the final vote on that, and they'll be voting shortly on that. But uh, grateful for you to be going through this uh, this process with us. Yes, thank you. Let's talk a little bit now about something I know that is you're very passionate about, and you mentioned going on a on a medical mission trip with one that I led back several years ago, but. You have um, probably, I'll ask you specifically, but I know you've been on dozens, led mm -hmm. dozens of medical mission trips all around the world. Um, obviously, that's a passion of yours. What, what first got you excited about mission work? Mm -hmm. uh, great question, Mark. Well, I, uh, my, my dad was a Presbyterian pastor mm -hmm. that had a great love for missions, and we often hosted missionaries at our home. Uh, growing up, and so I'd heard about mission work all my life. Yeah. And as a teenager, uh, I'd come to know Christ uh, as my Savior when I was about 12 years old. But as a teenager, I felt a very strong calling into missions. At the time, I didn't know I was going into medicine, mm. but I remembered that. And then, uh, you know, once I became a physician, uh, I just felt a passion to serve um, uh, in missions. Now, the big question in my mind was, did God want me to serve short-term or be a full-time medical missionary? And I'd actually pursued serving with the International Mission Board oh, wow. uh, one time. And uh, I, had, I had an opportunity in 1986, uh, Kathy and I both went to Obomashaw, Nigeria, uh, to take the place of a missionary doctor that was going on furlough. Mm. So they needed people to cover for him. And so we went over, she worked in the seminary there, and I worked at the uh, Baptist Medical Center and spent about six weeks uh, in Nigeria serving in that role. And the Army was just so good at the time, they let me take off for six weeks. To go do that, and, wow. And uh, a great friend of mine helped cover all my patients while I was gone. but. It was, it was a fantastic experience, but in the end, I said, you know, God, I think you want me to stay here in the U.S. and do short-term medical missions work and be involved in medical education mm. rather than being a full-time medical missionary. Um, I just, you know, that's the way God was calling me right. at the time. And I, I was involved in teaching at the time, and I did that for most of my medical career. And, uh, and then, you know, it had a big impact. And 
one of the things that I wanted to do in medical education is take residents and medical students with me. Mm. I thought it's got to be a great experience for them, not only clinically, but uh, they get to see God at work overseas. Mm -hmm. And so I actually built that into curriculum Mm. uh, for residency programs in the Army. And one of the reasons we went to South Carolina, uh, I was getting a lot of deployments and things in the Army, and it made it difficult to plan medical mission trips. And I had an opportunity to go to Greenwood, South Carolina, where they had incorporated medical missions into the residency program. Oh. Uh, I went to a conference at Duke one weekend, and I met one of their faculty members. And I'd actually brought curriculum talking about how to develop curriculum for medical missions and met the gentleman from Greenwood. And he said, where are you doing this? Hmm. And uh, within a couple of years, I was actually there. Hmm. Left the Army, uh, went to Greenwood, and then uh, the guy that was uh, director of the program at the time had started a group called Volunteers in Medical Missions. Uh, he started that in 1986 when I was in Nigeria. Hmm. And this was, I actually went to Greenwood in 1994. And so I went there, started uh, going on mission trips with him. Had a resident who had said, you know, if you ever go to Russia, uh, that's where I want to go. At the time, you know, the Iron Curtain had just fallen. Uh, it was an opportunity to go there. And so uh, they called me one day and said, we're going to Russia. Would you like to go? <laughs> and so that was my first mission trip with, with them. And we went to Moscow. We were handing out Bibles on Red Square and doing wow. clinics there. I just uh, I look back on that mm. know, with all that's going on in the world today and thought, what an amazing trip that was. To be able to do that. And How many countries do you think you've uh, been to with medical mission trips? Oh, uh, I think, I don't know, 15 or so now. Wow. I've, told, I've done mission trips on every continent except Antarctica now. Mm. It's just too cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many mission trips do you think you've actually been a part of? Uh, probably about 55, 60 trips now. I've kind of lost count. Wow. I've done a couple a year. Uh, other than COVID, uh, right. I've done at least two a year since yeah. 86. Man, so that's been a long time. So while not called to full-time missions, uh, mm-hmm. still very full-time engaged as far as leading others, training others, equipping others. And as we all know, when someone goes on a, on a, on a mission trip, how that can change their life uh, mm-hmm. in such a, a profound way that they in turn will maybe continue to do those short-term trips. Maybe some, as we've seen, I've seen come out of our mission trips, end up in some type of full-time ministry mm-hmm. mission work. So I'm sure you have, had you, have you seen stories like that where people that have been part of your trip and how it's impacted their lives? I have, I've had a number that are now full-time medical missionaries overseas. We worked with some gentlemen in the Philippines several years ago and they're now there full-time. Wow. And, uh, and I've, you know, all of my children have gone. Uh, I told them when they were young that when they were 12 to 14 years old, I would take them on a trip with me. Mm. And so, uh, you know, Michael particularly, uh, he is in the Army now, does information technology type work, but he's going to retire in about three years, and he's looking at going with Missionary Aviation Fellowship because mm. they need IT people there. Yeah. But Michael, I'll never forget, he went to Honduras with me on the very first trip I took there uh, back in 1997. Mm. And uh, a few years later, I went to southern Sudan, 
and they had just finished their Civil War. It wasn't the safest place Ooh. in the world to go, and so I kind of <laughs> handpicked my team members, and Michael said he wanted to go. Mm. So he, he went on that trip to southern Sudan mm. uh, many years ago now, and he's since been back with his wife uh, to Honduras again. Wow. So Michael really has uh, it's been a major part of his life. And, What's the most dangerous thing you've seen on there? You, know, you mentioned Sudan. I don't know if that would have been the most dangerous. Have you seen anything where like, you were even fearful for your life or concerned for the safety of the team? Well, Mark, we, uh, we spent a year in Afghanistan. Um, yeah, we felt a very strong calling to go to Kabul, Afghanistan. There was actually a residency program there. Mm, wow. And uh, it was kind of an amazing story. I had worked with a group out in Oklahoma uh, there's a residency program there called In His Image, and they actually train uh, Christian physicians to be medical missionaries in that really? program. Oh, wow. And their program director, John Crouch, and I have become very good friends over the years, mm-hmm. and I've been out there several times to do things with them. I'm a consultant now for their, their group uh, for residency programs around the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, John had called me, and he said, would you host a gentleman who's wanting to go over to work in Kabul, and he wanted me to bring them to our residency program, and he was really searching for residents to go to, to Kabul. And I said, sure, come on. Wow. And uh, he did a presentation there uh, one day at our noon conference, and I heard all that. And, uh, and I, I told the residents, that this would be a great opportunity for one of you. You can really make a difference in the world. Well, you can imagine all of them said, we're not taking our young families to Kabul. <laughs> and uh, and then later on, a few months later, I went to a big uh, medical missions conference at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville. And uh, this guy, Dr. Tim Thayer, was there, and he gave essentially the same talk hmm. that he gave at our residency program. And when he gave it the second time, by the end of that talk, I just felt God calling me to serve wow. there. And uh, you know, I spoke to some of our residents at that conference, told them what I what I felt God calling, and they said, "We're behind you if that's what you want to do." And I, I came back to Greenwood and talked to my boss, who was the chief operating officer of the hospital, and he was somewhat of a homebody. And uh, he said, "You got to be out of your mind. You want to go to Afghanistan?" <laughs> And, uh, and so, Mark, I said, yes, I really think that's what God's calling me to do. Wow. And uh, it's obviously a very dangerous place to go. Every State Department website said, don't, don't go, go there. Don't go, don't go, don't go, red light. Yeah. But we just, uh, and we, we had some amazing things happen. I, uh, I now, wanted, did Kathy go with you? She did. I, I felt like to make a difference over there, I needed to go for a year. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be apart for a year, so no. you're going with me, Kathy. So I, you know, and I knew Kathy needed to have something to do. Uh, this is a country that's not that pleasant to live in. Mm. And so I got a call one day. I told him, I said, Kathy is a high school math teacher, and you need to find an opportunity for her. And he called me one day, and he said, you wouldn't believe it, but the high school math teacher at the International School of Kabul is going on maternity leave for the exact dates that you want to go to Afghanistan. <laughs> and Kathy has a job. Yeah, wow. Thank you, Lord. So that was just an amazing thing. We, we had several things. I had a man call. Uh, obviously, I was going to have to go as a volunteer and not have any pay. 
And I had a man call me one day, and he said, I've heard what you want to do. I'll take care of your mortgage for a year. Mm. And just amazing things. The Lord just opened up the doors. The Lord showed us that's where he wanted us. And it it was a tough year. I mean, we we went to a church there in Kabul, and every Sunday, you know how most churches say, please invite people to come. Well, this one got up and said, don't share the bulletin with anybody. Don't talk (laughs) about it. Wow. Uh, We had evacuation drills about every three weeks to teach us how to get out of the church and go to a safe place in case we were attacked by the Taliban there. Were there other many other Americans that are there with you? Oh, yeah. yeah. They were all expatriates, a lot okay. of Americans and other international people. And Christian churches were not allowed there, but they right. would allow this church as long as no Afghans attended it. Okay. So, but, you know, every week we'd hear about somebody being kidnapped or killed, and I mean, we had, had a number of people mm. um, lost their lives that year we were there, and we, uh, um, yeah, it, it's humbling when you see that. Okay, so when you go on a, on a medical mission trip now to Central America and your conditions, living conditions aren't the cleanest or not the, the nicest, you're like, don't complain. This is nothing. I was in Kabul for a whole year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear you belly aching about the food. Yeah, I have to kid people. Sometimes they will ask me. They say, "Do you think it's safe to go here or there?" <laughs> I said, "You know, after Kabul, everything <laughs> is safe." <laughs> Put it in perspective for you, didn't right. it? That's awesome. What What would you say to somebody? Because obviously, there was a point in your life where you know you grew up. Obviously, your parents in, invested in in in, in creating a, an environment toward missions for you. So you mm-hmm. grew up having that around you. But there's some that may be listening that, you know, going on a mission trip still sounds like a pretty strange thing to give up a week of my vacation or whatever and to spend this money to go somewhere uh, that's not ideal, maybe living conditions. What would you say, how would you encourage them to really begin to pray and consider being a part of, uh, of a mission experience outside of our own country? Right. Well, I've had a number of people that have gone on the trip, and without question, people come back and say, this blessed me far more than I ever gave. Mm. I mean, they uh, were able to go into countries and provide physical healing. We take medicines with us. Uh, We share the gospel. Mm. I make no bones about it to people that are going that we're there to share Christ's love with people. Mm. And uh, they are so gracious. Uh, like I've, I've been all over Africa and Europe and Eastern Europe and Asia, uh, very, very poor areas of the world. And it's just it's a feeling that you, you can't describe how yeah. good you feel after doing these kind of trips. We, Nobody's ever come back saying, oh, man, I, I regretted doing that. You've never, never, had that <laughs> never had that, never had that happen. What's the, I ask you what the most dangerous thing, what's the most unusual experience you've ever had on a mission trip? Can you think of anything that kind of stands out as unusual? Well, I have to tell you, I tell this story a lot about Honduras. Um, I started going to Honduras even before I went to Greenwood. Hmm. Uh, that was my first trip to the western part of Honduras, but uh, and I think it was 90, 96, 97, I was introduced to a young pastor there, uh, Pastor Victor Gomez, that I still am working with today. And uh, we planned a trip down there in 97 for the very first time. I think I had 16 on that team. And uh, everything that could go wrong went wrong. We, <laughs> we, uh, we got to the airport in Charlotte. We were sitting on the airplane, and they came on, and they said, we have to hold the flight 
Uh, there's some people that are going to miss their cruise ship if we leave now. And uh, so we're waiting an hour. Okay. And so I, I got up and said, well, we're going to miss our flight to Honduras if we wait an hour. <laughs> and it didn't matter. So we, we ended up spending the night in Miami. We got down to Honduras the next day, and they'd given away our rental cars already. And we we arrived at the site, and there was 2,000 people waiting. Oh, my they goodness. They had been on the television broadcasting that this team was coming, and uh, that was – I'll never forget that day. I think we saw 900 people the first day wow. working as hard as we could work. Yeah. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, and I, I thought after that trip, I don't know if I'm going to come back down here or not, but <laughs> – Love Pastor Victor, and he said, yeah. "Come back. We'll make it even better next year." And so I've been doing it every year since then, except for the pandemic. There is something wonderful about having a partnership with with a pastor and churches in a particular area where you're able to continue. And I know I've had the privilege of leading, you know, probably close to I think twelve or so mission, mm-hmm. medical mission trips down to Guatemala, mm-hmm. and we had uh, a connection with a key pastor there and worked with their area churches. Right. And their, that partnership is is wonderful to, to have. And going back to that, you know, what you said about the, 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 the experience that people have, I have, I have so enjoyed watching folks that have gone, but I also have enjoyed being a part of that medical experience to see coming together, the, as you mentioned a moment ago, the physical healing, being able to minister to them physically, taking care of some of the most basic needs, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not doing, you know, typically anything major. It's usually very basic things, how grateful they are, but then the opportunity to then to talk to them about Christ mm-hmm. and the openness that they have. And if you're working with a church, that also gives credibility to that church as well in the community. Any other benefits you've seen in, in, in serving it through the medical missions? Well, medical missions really gives you a ticket to go almost anywhere. Mm. I'll, I'll never forget the work we did in the People's Republic of China and Vietnam. Wow. These are communist countries that if you said you're coming in to be a, a Christian missionary, they're going to say no. No, thank you. But medicine opens the doors. And mm. I've, I've never had anybody say we couldn't come and do our work. And we always work with local pastors and people that speak the language well. And yeah. so we always open our clinics. We're sharing the gospel. And we have an evangelism station where we give them Bibles. We, in recent years, we've done glass. We fit eyeglasses. Mm-hmm. So we have Bibles here that they can read from when they yep. get the right pair of glasses. <laughs> Isn't that a cool sight to see somebody that hadn't been able to see or read in a long time and now all of a sudden with a pair of glasses? Yeah, yeah. that is amazing. Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing about your medical mission experience. And, you know, you mentioned about the the gospel. Let me just ask you this because I, I and you touched on it real quickly. Share a little bit about how you came to know Christ, because that was obviously the beginning point of, of a transformed life that wanted to live for Jesus. And it ended up being a lot through medical missions and, and just medical work in general. Right. Well, I, uh, of course, grew up in the church. I, I think I was probably in church the first Wednesday or Sunday after my mom came home from the hospital. Yeah. So obviously heard the gospel message many, many times. But when I was 12 years old, uh, my dad took me to a Billy Graham movie called The Restless Ones. Mm. And that I don't remember the plot at all now, but I know at the end of that movie, I just felt such a need to have Christ. And uh, mm. I asked him to forgive me. I knew how much I'd sinned against him. And I asked him to forgive me of that and become part of my life. And and I've really tried my best to be in his will since then. Uh, 
when I was in high school and I was praying, Lord, lead me into the profession that you would have me go. And I felt a very strong calling into medicine at that time. Yeah. And so he's, he's really led me. Uh, when I met Kathy, we met when I was uh, just starting medical school and she came to Vanderbilt University for graduate school. And uh, I'd gone to Belmont Heights Baptist Church there. Uh, you'll notice I grew up Presbyterian, but I went to the Baptist. <laughs> I tell people part of that was because I was a poor college student, and they offered food and transportation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so we, we had a great experience there, and Kathy actually met met me there during the first week of medical school, and then we uh, married later on that summer. Mm. But um, It's neat to see, though, from that point of salvation as, as a 12-year-old and your desire to be obedient, which— Obviously, is 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 an indicator that, that that there was true transformation taking place in your life because typically twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year olds aren't that concerned about obeying the Lord and seeking after Him. And I'm sure you weren't perfect, but that desire to obey. But how God has shaped your life and led you, and you have been willing to follow Him, and how He has used you, Gary, to think. I mean, you know, I you know, I think of the number. Of, I always think, well, yeah, I've been on a lot of mission trips. No, I haven't. Not, not, <laughs> not anywhere close to how many that you have. Uh, been a part of and your and your passion your eyes just kind of twinkle when you talk about being able to go to some of those places and uh, mm-hmm. how God has used you and what a blessing that is and I hope it has been an encouragement to somebody listening uh, that would have that desire to want to to step out on faith perhaps it might be scary mm-hmm. to them it doesn't seem it's, you know it's you know going to whenever you know we have several trips every year that we lead out of here mm-hmm. you know I'm leading one this year uh, to London mm-hmm. and um, you know, relatively safe. You know, you're going to be in a city. We're not going to be, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but maybe for the first time, some folks would say, yeah, I'm willing to take that step of faith and, and, and be a part of a, a mission experience mm-hmm. outside of my, my own country. Right. Well, I know I, I would love to have people. I, I have people from throughout the United States. I was in Honduras in this past March, uh, mm. a month or so ago, and had a wonderful experience. And uh Many of the people on that trip, it was their first trip. Yeah. And, uh, that is neat to see folks on their first trip and the experience that they have. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I mean, we could probably keep talking about missions all all day but i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap us up here uh, and uh but thank you so much for being a part of the here at home podcast and joining us gary and i appreciate it so much but this wraps up another episode of here at home thank you listeners for being a part of our podcast community and if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast please do so and for those of you that are watching on youtube you know who you are you're looking at me right now Uh, I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel and also hit the little uh, thumbs up, I like, whatever that little icon is. That would help us greatly. And and for all of you, please share uh, the podcast or if you're watching on video on YouTube, share that as well. But thanks for listening and we'll see you back here in a couple weeks right back here at home.